Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, Wizards fans? Welcome to another Believe in Wizards podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Moderno. Jihadi White will be joining me here in a minute. We're actually recording this during the Bucks game. Uh, the third quarter just ended. They're down 20-some points. Seemed like a reasonable enough time for us to just stop watching and knock out a podcast because realistically, what's going to change that much uh, in the fourth quarter of a game where they're already down 23 points uh, at the moment? So we're going to get to that sort of thing, what we're seeing from them now that they're leaning full into the tank, talk about lottery odds, things like that. Just a couple other uh, news and notes things that are going on with the Wizards that we haven't really gotten to. And we're going to get to some listener questions from a week or so ago that we weren't able to get to when we had to reschedule some stuff. So we'll hit all those things. As always, we're brought to you by our two lovely sponsors. If you would like to sponsor the Believe in Wizards podcast and hear your product or company or whoever talked about on the show, opportunity to do that for all other Wizards fans to know about what you do and what you work on. Reach out to me. I'm happy to talk to you guys about that and getting something going. I'm brought to you by Stateside Vodka and their Surfside Hard Iced Teas, Hard Lemonades, Hard Arnold Palmers. I guess that's a John Daly, right? So uh, yeah, they're delicious. I don't know what else to say at this point. We're going to do an event at some point here, I think. I'm going to see if they'll uh, bring some uh, libations for us. We can have some cool drinks and hang out and do some cool stuff. And we can just kind of celebrate ourselves as a Wizards community and uh, all that we're willing to endure and that we still have each other, I guess, is probably a worthwhile thing for us to all celebrate at this point. So uh, we'll get them to, uh, you know, hook us up for that one, hopefully, and and uh, help spread the word about their wonderful product. And as someone who does enjoy a good adult beverage, I promise you, I would not lead you astray and talk about something being good if it wasn't. So that's the Matt Moderno guarantee. Also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting needs this season. All of that is over, but you can place a prop bet on who's going to win next year's national championship, who will start the year number one in the country, that kind of thing. So you can get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at BetOnline. Updated odds for everything from live games, conference championships, right through to the Final Four and Championship game. Again, OBE, but you can do that next year. BetOnline is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device and sign up to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Okay, with that, let's bring in Jihadi, and we'll just... uh start having a fun convo about the Wizards and getting ready for the offseason here, essentially, which, hey, draft talk. I always love that shit. Unfortunately, it's relevant as a Wizards fan every year. So, hey, let's just lean into it. Hopefully it makes a difference and we can all sell ourselves on the fact that this one magical draft pick, if the ping pong balls just bounce right, maybe this is the thing that will save our team and actually bring us joy next year. So we'll see. All right, let's get to it. All right, as always, my pleasure to bring in Jihadi White. Jihadi, how's it going? How's your week? What's up? Matt, my man, what's up, baby? I'm uh, excited to be doing this, and it's nice to be able to wrap this up toward the end of a long, long wizard season. I yeah. I don't know how it felt as a player, but 82 games just covering the team feels like a lot. Yeah, you know what? I think we're more worn out as fans than the players are. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. It's at least more fun if you're on the court, right? Right. Uh, yep. They're 34 and 44 at the time of this recording. They're actually midway through the fourth quarter and they're losing to the Bucks because they're not playing anybody and the Bucks want to win that game still. So uh, they're going to be 34 and 45 by the time anyone realistically listens to this with three games left to go. Essentially, they're kind of in a fight right now with Orlando for who has the seventh or eighth best odds. In the lottery, there are a couple other teams in their range. Like if they lost out and another team won a game or two, Orlando's probably going to lose to Cleveland right now, it looks like. So 
Seventh or eighth seems probably the most likely scenario here. Uh, I, I guess as a player, how aware do you think guys are of this kind of stuff? Is it even on their radar while they're playing these games? Now, I'm not saying Honestly, that they're trying to lose games to get a better pick or anything, but just like, do you, do you even pay attention to that? Or is it just something you tune out? It depends on what, what caliber of player you are. Okay. Right. So if you're, you're the, you're the Bills or you're the Kuzmas or the Pozingas, right? Mm-hmm. You understand, like, okay, this is where we're going. Yeah. So it's probably better we do sit and rest our bodies just for next year because it it's a it's an unwritten law or the word came from somewhere that we we need to tank some games, mm-hmm. right? So now those guys understand that. Sure. The other guys that are playing. They don't care. They don't give. A, they don't give a crap at all, right? And it, it doesn't matter to them. They get an opportunity. Mm-hmm. They want to light up the scoreboard. Yep, makes sense. You've got Johnny Davis out there right now, the rookie who struggled for most of the year. Even had a really bad stretch in the G League, struggling. But he's actually looked okay. Like he still looks a little, a little scared, maybe at times offensively. But he's like trying to guard dudes, and I've seen him like dive for a loose ball, like. The energy and the hustle is there. I think those are things you can always control. So I'm just hopeful with like an off season of skill development and stuff. Maybe things like slow down for him a little bit and and we'll see at least like a serviceable rotation player next year. Is, is that realistic, you think? It is, but it is, but you kind of, you, you got to see more than just these games with these players. Mm-hmm. Right now, okay. they're getting opportunities. They're full of, they're full of vinegar. You know, and yeah. and Red Bull, you know, <laughs> and so you're gonna get a player. You're gonna get a, you're gonna get a hundred and fifteen percent right now. Yeah. Let me see how you playing up play. You know, are you still gonna give me that exact amount of en- energy and and go all go all out in this? You know, um, at, at twenty at in in game twenty. Mm. Makes sense. You know. Right, so they are right now. They know it's, it's end of season. They finally just now really getting a chance to really yep. play like they're. Uh, first of all, Johnny Davis will not take these many shots. That's very true. Yep, in a regular game with everybody out there, I think he's probably okay with that, given how scared he's looked to shoot the ball half the time too. But he's not, I mean, against the Knicks, he wasn't. No, that's true. That That's probably the most comfortable I've seen him look um, right, right. in actual NBA minutes. So what he sh- what Johnny Davis is showing us is what he can do. Yeah. The thing is, will he do it on a consistent <laughs> basis? You know, once you get in the rhythm and everybody has to get that shot and sure. you start feeling the your NBA self, now are, are you still going to put it put, – that crazy amount of effort you're putting in now, you know, just balls to the wall effort. And if so, great. He's probably, I don't have it in front of me, he probably played 30 G League games this season, which is about a college season. So I'm sure he's not like fresh, fresh, but he's much fresher than the guys he's playing against right now on these other teams that are 90 games into the year when you consider preseason and, and things like that. How much of a difference is that for someone like him? Like just, you know, to, to have fresher legs, I guess. It's fresh legs are everything. Yeah. Fresh legs are everything. I mean, any player can tell you. Have you ever seen a person who can jump out the gym? You know they can jump out the gym. And you like midseason, you're like, he's just not giving. Not is he not giving us what he's supposed to be giving us? No. His legs are literally noodles. <laughs> His legs are literally noodles right now. And he's sitting after every game, after every practice, he's sitting in the cold whirlpool full of ice, just trying to get at least Something 25% yeah. of his legs back. Yeah. Right. So that's why players work on their game so much because you you cannot sustain throughout an entire NBA season just having that much um um thrust and you know. The bounce isn't going to be there at this point. Yeah, it's not there. So when you got a guy with fresh legs and he looked like he's out running everybody, out jumping everybody, 
His instincts are quicker than everybody. His reflexes are are on way on point than everybody else. That's only because, mm-hmm. first of all, he's super excited. Yeah, right. <laughs> Secondly, he he's not worn down yet. It's it's his turn, and he's not going to get yanked because the leash isn't the same anymore. He can't so get yanked. Play free. Yeah. No leash. There's nobody else to put in at this point when you have no, Neil, Monte, Kuzma, Porzingis, all those guys sitting out. Denny. And he knows it. But also, he's still playing against the best players. That's true. Yeah. You know, so he's saying, yeah, I scored. You know, they're not looking at looking to stop him like they're looking to stop the top guys, you know, mm-hmm. your, your top starting five guys. Sure. But it's There's not no a scout over. report on him. Yeah. But yeah, in the end of the day, he's playing in the NBA. And he's playing against some great players, and he's lighting it up. The Bucs are still playing a decent amount of their roster, and as of this recording, he's got, I don't know, 11 points, I think, and it looked decent enough. Uh, I, I do think what you just said, though, uh, about the legs and, and those things is really important because every year we see this guy who plays in the final 10 games, and he looks like an all-star or something, and it's like, oh, how is that guy not getting minutes the whole season? And then we wonder why they can't replicate it next year and and it's that sort of end of season fool's gold and there's always a couple of these guys and i think we as wizards fans especially are just so desperate to have hope for next season that it's like oh you know denny picking back up again gafford got 15 and 7 against Giannis right now like and and we take those things and i'm not saying that those guys have been productive nba players but but you know what i mean like guys that come in that even johnny davis like we, we haven't seen him all year and now he's got 15 points on the knicks or whatever and it does in the night like we, we we talk ourselves into him based on this short sample size. Well, well, he's playing free. Mm-hmm. It's 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 easy to play free when there's no no mm-hmm. no no guy you have to make sure they get their touches. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's easy to play free when guys playing free. They can you know it's like schoolyard ball. They can, they can right now, as crazy as it is, Johnny Davis can actually break a play. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> he probably loves that. It's going back to like, the Wisconsin where, days already. It, where does when where does that happen in the season ever? Right, that's true. He can break a play and <laughs> try to break a play during regular season. The coach won't even get on you. Yeah. Brad gonna be down your throat in the back of the head. Kuzma gonna be down your throat, right? Right. So you and those have guys have to get their touches, and then now you also now have to play in the scheme of defense, knowing that. Why are you on the court? Most time, all of your points are going to be trash points. Mm-hmm. Hustle, broken play. Hustle, stuff, you know. Right. Yeah. Everything right. So he's now gets to he gets to be that guy. And he's showing you, hey, all right, I'm gonna be I'm, let me show him. And he has something to prove. Yep. That's the main thing. Every guy out there has a lot to prove. Nothing is Nothing is uh, it's, you can't. No, there's no one's comfort. No, nothing come. Nothing is uh, guaranteed. I I don't want to be hyperbolic here or too dramatic, but he's he's maybe had the worst rookie season of any lottery pick that's really been healthy for most of the year and played in in recent memory. And I'm not trying to kill him because we've been very nice to him on this pod overall. But uh, like he's got a lot to prove, and I think. That's probably been a weight on his shoulders as the season's gone on. So to see him play a little free right now is just refreshing uh, as a fan because he seems like a nice dude. I'm I'm hopeful that like he could take something meaningful from this, and maybe this is at least more of the guy we'll get next year. Right. It's not that he doesn't know how to play. We've seen he exactly. can play. We've seen him in college. He got drafted. you don't win ben, Big Ten Player of the Year on accident. Yeah, you don't win it on accident. It just sometimes it, it a lot of times. You see these players, and you think they come in, and you think they're terrible or uh, not. Not you. Well, you think they don't show up to the caliber of what you expected them to be. Mm-hmm. And then they go to a different program, a right. different system. They blossom. Yeah, it's everything is very systematic when it comes to the type of player you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it makes a lot of sense, and and the right opportunities with the right personnel and. Do they set you up? A lot of factors going, you know, go into it. And by all accounts, um, given where they finished for the year or will finish for the year, he will have another lottery pick joining him. It would be really hard for them to end up with probably less than a top 10 pick. I will knock on wood. You can hear it on this podcast. Hopefully I don't jinx us. But 
like I said, they're likely to finish seventh or eighth. If they, let's say eighth is worst case scenario, realistically, um, probably the, the worst they could end up is with the 10th pick. So if you have the eighth best odds, there's a 31% chance that you would drop to ninth, which is still pretty big that you could fall in the draft. Only a 6% chance of falling to the 10th pick. And then there's a 0.4% chance that they could drop to 11th. I know Wizards fans are, are anarchists and assuming that we'll end up with worst case scenario here, but but mathematically, you're probably not going to fall worse than 10th at this point. So you have Johnny Davis is the top 10 pick. Avdia was a top nine. He was the ninth pick, so another top 10 pick. You're adding another top 10 pick into the fold here. And honestly, with those odds, like let's say they finish seventh, which would is probably realistically best case scenario here, I think, where they're going to end up. They have a 29.3% chance of ending up with a top four pick. That's not inconsequential. I think that's why you and I were talking about this last podcast. Like it's so important for them to not win these last couple games. Like it makes a big difference mathematically. Uh, even just the difference between seventh and eighth, like a thirty percent shot at winning up with somewhere in the top four, that's pretty good. Like I'll take that. Yeah, right now we're in the reverse playoffs. We'll call it the <laughs> we call, call it the layoffs. The, the race for the bottom. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the layoff and <laughs> and you know it's and everybody that's major because you don't realize how four between four and seven. Huge. Um, it's huge. I mean, that's a lot of space. That's that's a lot of talent that may, yeah. you know, just the tier of talent mm-hmm. between those two spaces are, are major. Unless sometimes you get that that one that you that surprise, yeah, it right? Happens, but, yeah. Right, but you know, me personally, <laughs> we need to. <laughs> I hate to say it, you know, especially coming from me playing, sure. but as a fan, fan wise, it's tough, man. But we we need that. We absolutely need that, and we need somebody. We need some young blood. I need a game change, like a real dynamic player to throw into the mix here. Yeah, some dynamic young blood, acrobatic, quick, fast. <laughs> somebody who can slash in the paint. Somebody who can see, you know. 360, 180 degrees. Mm. We need that player. We have we have uh, our best players are are some vet, vet, vets. Mm-hmm. Right now, the teams with the with the best record, a lot of their best players are still young, n- new guys. Yeah, new guys. I'm totally with you. I think ESPN, I want to say, was the one who put this out, but they ranked, I want to say the Wizards finished with the bottom, like the worst young core in the NBA. I mean, like one top four pick here could really kind of change that that math really quick for them. Like if you if you add somebody really dynamic and you hit big on this pick, uh, I'm not saying it suddenly makes them a top four seed or I'm not trying to go crazy, but just just from how your young group is like viewed around the league, that, that changes the perspective a lot, I think. Yeah, I think that stat that you're reading, I feel like it's because our young guys, we have, I don't feel like we have bad picks. No, sure. I just feel like they're too much robots. They're too much in a system. They're too much role players, Mm -hmm. right? It's it's not enough room for our, our new guys to come in to get loose. Yeah. Just, it's not that space. It's that, that. Avenue isn't there. You're not getting the huge usage that you would get on some some bottom team yeah, with a lot right. of other young guys. Exactly. Uh, they have three games left, as we mentioned. They play the Hawks on Wednesday night. The Heat on Friday night, realistically, could be two losses for the, from them right there. And their last game is against the Rockets on Sunday. That's the 9th of April at 1 p.m. That might be the ugliest basketball game played all year. Neither of these teams will want to win that game and and shouldn't want to win that game. So not that the How does that work? Yeah, somebody's got to win that one. Um, that's what that's the one you throw up the tip ball and don't and no one touches it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody backs away from the circle at right. that point. Keep it. Uh, yeah, that that that's gonna be tough. I mean, the young guys will play hard on both teams, I'm sure, but it, it's just. It's not going to be like high level NBA basketball at no. the very least. So I think realistically, they probably walk out of here one and two. 
uh, down the stretch. And, and that would mean that they're, you know, that's a 35 win season. And I think the over underline from Vegas at the beginning of the year was 35 and a half. So I, I just, I always amazed like how Vegas does this shit every year. Like they're always within a game. It's wild. So, Hey, it's always, a, listen, no, only way that can happen is inside information. Yeah. Right. There's something going on there. I mean, yeah. come on, man. And, I mean, look at the, just mentioning that, look at the situation. I meant to bring this up. I know it's not on the subject. All good. But that's the situation Brad is in. Mm-hmm. And it's my question to you. How about I'll be the interviewer right now? I like it. How do you feel now that sports betting is legal in the NBA? It, I, I the, the NBA players I have known and been around are very, very competitive people. I, I personally don't have any like expectations that that there's going to be any shenanigans going on at this point in the world. It'd be too easy for that stuff to get out and point shaving and things like that. But it, it's just a weird look. And now you've got Ted Leonsis with the first um, sports book attached to a stadium in the NBA. He wants in arena gambling where, you know, your chair will have a little betting thing on it and you can place a live bet and now a player could own part of that share of that casino or the sports book or whatever like it it, it could get weird and could get kind of ugly I, I that's that's kind of where i'm at i don't think guys will like it'll get messy too much but it'll it might look bad for a while you know if if you have brad have a season like he did two years ago or beginning of last year where he was really struggling to shoot the ball you know, like it's some of those inexplicable things that just happen in sports. Um, people might question them a little bit more. Yeah, I feel I feel like it completely changes the trajectory of an NBA fan, right? So, as from a player's perspective, mm-hmm. we deal with hecklers. Sure. We deal with people who really get upset if their team loses or. Yeah. Okay, I get that, right? And and sometimes that gets out of hand. Mm-hmm. But then now you're bringing people in that's not fans; they're yep. gamblers. Yep. Right. So if my team lose, I'm my if my team loses, I'm very upset. I'm highly upset, uh, cussing and fussing. Ah, but if I lose two thousand dollars. And I can't feed my kids tomorrow. Yeah. And my bookie's coming after me, you know, like not bookie anymore. But my my bookie's coming, all this. I'm taking it completely differently on a on a team or on a specific player on right. And then you end up with situations like Brad is in a person who loves the game. Mm -hmm. And you're coming at me about what you lost in a bet. That's the most offensive thing a person who worked hard their entire life. Oh, yeah. Why would I care about your bet? Or my fantasy team. I always love that one. So that's the problem. Now, those guys are now not in Vegas or not in the casinos anymore. They're now in the arenas. Yeah. They feel like they've invested in the game. And now that they they have some greater, you know, they they have some greater ability to come in or or they, they... deserve more opportunity to yell at the players and stuff. They, and it, they, they feel like they're obligated that you're obligated to yeah. owe them something. Right. You they, win my bet for me. Yeah. It's 10 times more personal. But, but add on this, this layer too. the new CBA now says that players can be involved in sports books and gambling and betting websites. So now I'm this fan. I'm already mad at Bradley Beal that he lost this bet. And I find out he has some percentage stake in the Caesar sports sports book that I just lost this money in or bet online sponsors him or whatever. Like this just ratchets up. Like how weird sports is about to get over the next couple of years. I think it's messing around and be WWE. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's a, it now it, it's not bad. It's not, it's going to not, it's going to turn out to not be actually basketball. Yeah. It's going to be, a performance like yeah. it's going to be acting I, I, right? I just think the optics of that are so bad i i get it like i don't want to prevent any player from making money on something you can make money on i don't agree with it 
it, it's legal for them to be involved in things like cannabis companies now and stuff, which I'm I'm all for. That's fine. Yeah, but you that, know, I mean, if you for it or are you not for it? Sure, make your money. But you know? I think the players should not be. Me personally, that's the worst thing you can do is now yeah. involve the players in it. People have people will question the integrity of the game, and you've already had one referee that took money for you know doing that kind of stuff, and it's people will speculate about players and stuff now too. I just I don't I don't like the implication of that. Not that I think players would actually you know take money to throw games and stuff, but you never know. It depends. Oh, so look. The thing about, all right, if you're a player in the NBA, the thing the most, the thing on their, on most players off time, mm -hmm. their main thing is what? Uh, being on the internet, video games. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. What it's is gambling. Really? They okay. Gamble oh, 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 oh yeah. On... All the time. I mean, sure, sure, sure. it's a, it's the competitive, it's all, it's the competitive edge. You got, it's the still competitive, competitive fuel. That that drop that drives most players to even become the best player they can and be an NBA player. It's the so reason now we had guns the in the locker room here in DC. Yeah, no. yeah. Think about the best players. MJ loves to gamble. Charles Barkley loves to gamble. Yeah. Right. Everybody on the plane plays cards. It's a pile of money. Yep. Right. And people take that seriously, right? Like, there's. Uh, it's been fights over. I mean, yeah. think about. The history of the Wizards. Yep, you got Gilbert you know, and, and Javaris. Yep, yep. Right, it's all because of gambling. Yep. So now you know these players are very competitive, and now you're going to put this in their hands. That's a great point. I honestly hadn't thought of it until you brought it up this way. Like it, it, it'll it, at the very worst case scenario, or probably best case scenario. Sorry, best case scenario, it just looks messy. Whether it is or not, it looks bad. And I don't know why you set yourself up for that as the NBA. And Players must have advocated for it really hard to get that. And once you do it to one sport, it's going to go to another sport. Imagine that in the NFL. Oh, yeah. It'd be brutal. I mean, imagine, come on. It's going to be it's, Now, think about a coach who had – think about every coach who now has to, you know, winning is his job. Mm -hmm. And now you add that element onto it too? It's already enough for the coaches anyway. Yeah. Uh, and if you have a player who goes through a real cold streak inexplicably, you're like, are you questioning what yeah, the guy's what doing? doing? Like, right. Uh, all right. That's a little bit depressing. <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully hopefully we're still a ways away from having to worry about that. I don't know when all that kicks into effect here or who the first person, the first domino will be of people to to get out there. Um, yeah. Just uh, circling back. some regulations with it. I hope so. Yeah, that, I mean, that's where you need a strong commissioner to be there and have rules in place and very strict situations. Maybe there's some fine print we don't know about. I'm, I'm hopeful at the very least. Uh, if the Wizards end up with the seventh best odds, we'll, we'll stick with the the math here of, of different kind of gambling here and and the lottery. Uh, if they have the seventh best odds, that means they have a seven percent chance or six point eight percent chance at the first pick, seven point one percent chance at the second, seven point five percent at third. 7.9% at fourth. The team who's finished in seventh in multiple lotteries has moved up. So something about seventh seems like the lucky pick. There's always like one team in that range that that jumps in the draft. I, I just hope they can hang on for that particular spot. And I don't know, just pray we get a little luck. Johnny, I would be so excited going into next year with the third pick versus the ninth pick. Like it'll just, uh, it'll change a lot. I would too. <laughs> I would definitely be excited. We got to pick the right guy. You got to pick the right. You don't guy. have to be the the right pick. True. You know, so it, it just you could probably you know, sell me on any of those guys in that range. Oh no! Now the thing is, you can it can go both ways, right? You can pick a player who definitely excited and they can fill the seats up. Mm -hmm. You know, but still got to get some wins out of there. You know, yeah, I'm like, what do you think about? Uh, my pair, the Paris guy, Wimbiana, Wimbiama. Uh, I, I'm curious to get your take on someone who has played the position he will likely eventually play in the NBA. Um, I, I would always be hesitant. There are more stories of guys seven foot three and above ending up with serious foot, lower body injuries and things like that. But the thing that's been interesting with him is 
his team, air quotes around him, not the, the Metropolitan's 92 team he's playing for, but his his people and agents and all those things have had this very well thought out plan for how to manage and develop his body slowly over time so that he puts on weight and strength and muscle in the right ways and the right places in the right time. And they've had leading sports you know, um, physiologists talk about like how to to build him the right way. I think he's going to be a really interesting test case for all the next seven foot plus guys. And and there are things that they learned from like Porzingis' own situation about how he's he's been healthier and better dropping 20 pounds as opposed to putting on 20 and mm-hmm. and things like that. So I think if he stays healthy, I've never seen a guy anywhere near that big who can like break someone down off the dribble hit a step back three and then crash to the hoop, catch his own miss and dunk it. You know, like it, it I'm, he's a video game character. He is. He is. I, but he seems like the truth. He's a, he has a lot of skills. Yeah. And, and if it was maybe five, six, six, seven years ago, I would say he's too light. Mm. Right, he's too light. He's he's too light for the NBA. He's too, you know, his body's too thin. He's too, you know, he's a, he's a rail. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the, the the league is not so physical anymore. So if he he has good instincts, he can run the floor. He can put the ball on the floor. I think he can be a good look. I don't know how well he'll fit our our system or the players. Uh, with the Wizards specifically, yeah, yeah. But I just, I feel like we we we're not a high, a fast pace, agreed, go yeah. up and down team. Yeah, right. Sense. So with him, it just kind of I feel like it's just the same type of ball. Yeah, right. No, that, that makes sense. I mean, I think worst case scenario, he's a big dude that could protect the rim a little bit. He can move his feet well enough for someone that big. And he can shoot it. So even if you put him as a, a four offensively, um, he could still probably space it for you a little bit. So I, I agree with you. Him or, and you Porzingis, or you can go five out. You could go five out. Exactly. Him and Porzingis might be an interesting fit here, but I, I think that's, I, that's yeah. a problem I would happily take and figure out over the alternative. Uh, I don't know if I want him and Porzingis out there together. Now, one thing. You could move on from Porzingis at that point. In the no, I don't think you, you. I don't think you move on because. Porzingis can light up the scoreboard. I, I I don't mean right away, but you let Porzing let Wembenyama learn from Porzingis for a couple of years, yeah. and then that's yeah. your transition longer term, maybe. Yeah. If Porzingis protected the rim, you have two great rim protectors, you know. But I don't know what wouldn't be the quickest team, the fastest team. So again, they've been pretty good. Um, the percentage they give up around the rim is not good, but they've been good at deterring people from taking shots around the rim with he and Gafford. So. I give them some credit for that, but but the rebounding is what worries me more than anything. Yes. Uh, Porzingis has not had a double-digit rebounding game in the last month, like one whole month of NBA basketball. That's that's kind of hard to do when you're that big. I remember the Charles Barkley quote talking about, um, actually, Nene uh, before he was with the Wizards, but how are you seven feet tall and play 35 minutes and 10 rebounds don't fall into your lap? Like, right. for Porzingis being that big, I get that he's further away from the basket, but you can't be having three, four rebound games. Like it doesn't make sense to me. I just, I feel like rebounding is not a priority to him. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. did what he did? Okay, but okay. He's had games where he's blown up and had seventeen, but just late. Yeah, he just had one. He had thirteen, right? Thirteen, fifteen. What's the, didn't he have a lot against the Knicks? He had double digits against the Knicks. Uh, you could be right. Let me double check. Um, I eleven something. If, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, he had double digits against the Knicks. Uh, uh, Porzingis did not play the Knicks game. Um, no, the Celtics. I'm bad. I'm sorry, Celtics. Yeah, Celtics game. He was actually pretty darn good in. You're right. 13 rebounds in that one. Okay, so I'm wrong. He's had one double-digit rebounding game uh, in the last month of NBA basketball. So good catch. Um, still, like, I, I need, I need eight from him. You know, like a but minute. 13 is nothing for him. Yeah, it should be. I mean, he should be at, he should average at least 14, 15 a game. I, we've seen him have stretches seven, where he goes for, for 17 or 20 or, or things like that. I mean, he's seven foot 17. <laughs> he feels a lot bigger than a lot of these guys, but 
it's it's been that far away from the hoop as a stretch big and I think maybe the high center of gravity, people push him away too easily no, from the ring. I'm not but... taking it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm with it's you. not a priority for him. Scoring, uh, sure. he wants to light up the basket. Because yep. in the end of the day, he's going to get paid more for putting the ball in the basket than yep. he is going to be from grabbing the ball off the rim. Yep. I'm with Hate you. Hate to say it. And, and honestly, Gafford been kind of an underwhelming rebounder unless he, like you've mentioned, yeah. certain matchups. But honestly, Denny and Kuzma are probably their two best rebounders. And when those two aren't out there, like you notice um, kind of a drop off for them. So I, Yeah, true. We're not a great. And that's that's what kills us because we we do not get second chance, a lot of second chance opportunities. So I, I'm curious about this. I, I know NBA teams now almost tell for at least four of the five guys, they don't want them to offensive rebound. I don't know when that changed, but there's a lot of we're less likely to get an offensive rebound. We want you to get back because we're more likely to give up points in transition defense so that they're they're trying to cut off those free points at the expense of getting their own free points. But usually teams are still sending at least one guy to the glass to try to do something. I don't feel like I see the Wizards really send anybody that frequently, at least. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've heard three guys crash two back. Sure, something That's, like that. I, I think but, that the but math the is game changed. now is a, yeah. it's a three-point game, so it's right. all long boards. Yep. Right? So it's a lot of long boards, which 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 means it's, it can take off. They can blow out, blow out on you right away. You know, so you got to have a lot of guys back. But I don't – I don't know if I would trade that off for not getting any second chance, second chance possession opportunities. I just don't, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's some, somewhere somebody with a calculator and a spreadsheet has said that the analytics behind this are problem. The problem is the calculator and the spreadsheet. I, I, I get it. Like I, I get why they do that. And there probably is something that mathematically but I also think there's like an inherent value of I got a big offensive rebound and I dunked it on you. And the boost you get from that is more than just the two points sometimes. I don't know how you quantify those things. but Yeah, but it's a three point. It's, a, it's the game has changed. It's a three point, three pointers game league now, right? And with the calculator and the spreadsheet, it says the percentage yep. of three point shots that are missed, you know, at least the rebound would be mostly like 10 feet and out. I, I, I totally get it. Like I, I, I make jokes that I picked journalism because I didn't like math, but I've done enough advanced math classes in my life. I do it for a job. I, I totally understand the impetus for going that way. It's just not as fun for me as somebody who grew up liking basketball a certain way to see it that way. So it's, it's, I don't enjoy it. It's, it as much. it's tough to watch sometimes. Yeah. Cause it's just a lot of hurling. Yep. It's a lot of hurling. Like, it, it, it used to, it, it was fun to see a guy on the perimeter get to the to the rim in one dribble, mm-hmm. right? Not a million dribbles, but trying to find out how he can right. break you down to get down to the rim, right? Yeah. Right. And so the game is just the game has become more in one mixtape than they're. Especially to close games, you've got so much ISO ball and stuff like that that it just it breaks down. I, I don't. I definitely. Don't I see find ISO it. ball. I see a lot of carrying. I yeah. see a lot of traveling. So that was an em- like an emphasis from the NBA to the referees early in the year, and they were calling guys on carries all the time. And I was like, "Thank you." If someone's hand is directly under the ball and they flip it over, I want that to be called. Uh, but we, we're back to like. That's not a thing that they're going to call no, at this point in the season. It's the game, either because everybody is training that way now. The right. hezzy, yep. the hezzy with the act like you're about to shoot and yep. you pause for a, a, a millisecond uh, yep. and then go dribble again. That, that's that's a very questionable move. Someone got me with that playing pickup literally last night. Literally right. showed it to me, served it up, had a palm under the ball. I swiped at it, then he brought it back down and dribbled and went past me. And I was like, <laughs> That's like, definitely uh, it was like a two second delay. Right. Uh, it just, but he saw it on TV. So he got away. Hey, 
All right, we'll we'll sound a little bit less like old men shaking our fists at things yeah, here, stop, and, and move on to another. Well, you know what? I start talking about rap music. How it sounds? I, I I'm with you there on that one too. Uh, listening to some of the stuff in the arena, I'm like, I don't even know who this is anymore. But anyway, <laughs> like, um, I have young kids, so they keep me they they keep me young. I, they keep me abreast on new artists, but you know, after a while, I have to go and put in some LL. And, uh, yeah, exactly right. Right. My my wife is the hip one in our house. I guess she hears it all on TikTok. So and she works with elementary school kids. So she'll know more of the young stuff than than I will at this point. By the way, all right, we sound hundred. Let's 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 move it here. Um, Tommy Shepard has said he wants to bring in uh, former Wizard Center Marcin Gortat on the coaching staff permanently, and says that the X Center's presence is quote everything to me, which seemed extreme. Um, Gortat has joined the team a couple different stints this year as a temporary coaching assistant. Uh, so he'll be here for two weeks, then go away for a month, 10 days, that kind of thing. Uh, he was known for setting screens that everybody effectively called the Gortat screen, which is basically, honestly, kind of a moving screen, to be honest with you. And just starting with that, Daniel Gafford never got called for moving screens. And now all of a sudden, after one year of working with Gortat, uh, a guy who set moving screens, we now see Gabbard get called for those on a pretty regular basis. At, at what point is it like, hey, you, that worked for him 10 years ago. It doesn't work in the NBA anymore. And he, like, it's a less physical league. You can't hip check somebody and get away with it. I, like, it just doesn't seem like that that coaching has been particularly impactful for us in a positive way thus far, at least on the screen setting side. I disagree. Okay. So, because you see that screen all the time. Draymond does it all the time. What? Our guy's getting called for it, though. Is all right, I'm, I'm just saying. So yeah, some yeah. some people are getting away with it. Sure. I think the issue is... is when how, the, you, how you sell it? I, I mean... Like no, the issue is you can't be there and then not be there. Okay. Right? If I'm, on, if I'm coming in as a coach for two weeks and leaving, and now mm -hmm. another player is messing up on something, and then I don't show up for another month or so, he's going to mess up on that thing that he can't correct it with them. You can't correct it until the month when I come back until, until you like, Hey, Oh, as soon as I see it, I can pinpoint it. Mm -hmm. Kept correct it. So right? you, you I think, don't think it's valuable think, to have him short term. Right. I think it's so it, first of all, it's great for a coach to think you're the, the, the seventh wonder of the world. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> but so he needs to understand that. I mean, for somebody in the organization to think that about you. So he needs to understand that because everybody don't feel that way. Yeah. Okay. Right. So secondly is. It's. With all of the player development guys and, you know, all of the coaches now and everything, no one's really a big anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. No one. You still have big men in the league. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who coaches and them? <laughs> it's impossible for me to have played three, two, and one and pick out things that my big is doing wrong. Yeah, that's true. Right? Just because I've never experienced it in my life. Sure. Right? No matter how much I know about this game, I can tell them, mm -hmm. but I'm going to, it's going to be so many things that I'm going to miss because I haven't, because it's all, it's always the little small things, them, just the, the micro moves that mm -hmm. that are undetected. And I'm more likely to listen to somebody who's got personal experience doing right. it. Right. Gortat will see that. Yeah. Right away. Sure. But only way he can fix it is that he sees it every game, every time it happens, in every practice. Mm -hmm. Right. Then, okay, then you can say, then you can really see how effective it is. Then um uh, Gafford may even may end up being a better player, yeah. but who knows? Because there's no one to help Gafford out with all the things he's doing. I see guy. I'm a big, I see all type of things that I'm like, man, if, if he just did I, this, you know, if like, he just did this, or he needs to stop doing that. If he does this, which no one would ever see, no one even will ever detect. Mm -hmm. top definitely detected because all as big as what we do is teach our game. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that Gortat screen. Right. Is I think it still would be effective, and I don't if and 
say for instance, if they start calling it, oh, he could say, okay, then let's, let's here's how you tweak. Yeah. That's how you tweak it. Yeah, that makes sense. How you tweak it, right? Yeah, that's so, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And and obviously he's gonna see 10 times more things than just that screen. But teach it. Yeah. That's 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 incorporated big time. When they mentioned that James Posey would be joining the coaching staff, I, I got really excited because there's been kind of a lack of former players um, on this particular staff. And obviously, Wes Unsell Jr. has been around the game for forever and, and played, I think, at the D3 level at Hopkins. But it, it's still not the same as having that direct on-court NBA experience, I, I don't think, personally. You can tell me if I'm wrong there. But just having some guy actively engaged that I know I've seen play in an NBA game as a player, I think would mean something to me. I, I think so. I mean, first of all, when, when James Posey ended up being on the staff, I was excited. If, mm-hmm. if you don't know, if the people who don't know, he's a brilliant basketball mind. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the, pretty much the top basketball mind. I think him as a player wise, it's, it's between him and Rondo. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. right. In my perspective. Yeah. Right. But so that's, but yeah, you, we need to get more, more basketball guys because they can it's a difference between like crunching numbers and and knowing the feel Mm -hmm. right can't it's a difference between knowing the feel i can read i can read a recipe and i can make what this recipe is but it's a difference between that that chef who just made that that meal off touch and feel and it's gonna t- it's gonna be two different tasting dishes, mm-hmm. right? It's the same thing as when you have NBA players. You know, not all of them, sure, but the ones who the high IQ, great feel, the mm-hmm. ones who who've been leaders. Yep, you gotta have gotta your 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 coaching staff should be. More, more percentage of them than not. I think the smart teams and the successful teams have been the ones that find the right the right balance and marriage of the two. Like, how do you take what we're seeing in the numbers and apply that to certain things and to make subtle tweaks? And and then you have the players help you fix things on the court. Like, th- there seemed to be a better balance here. Whereas most of the wizard staff of the twelve guys, it's it's. 11 non-players and one player. Like it just, that, that to me seems totally out of whack. Basketball has became, become too scientific. Hmm. I mean, it's just, that's not what that, I mean, I get it. Yeah. We want to make money, we, but that's not the game. How, that's not the essence of the game of basketball. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm all, for I didn't, I will, when I was on the blacktop, I wasn't out there crunching numbers. You know, when I'm running a play, I'm not drawing up. I'm not yeah. doing math problems. Yep, yeah. it's not. It's not poker it where you can play the percentages on stuff in yeah. real time. Yeah. I I do think that that some of that stuff has led to basketball being overly scripted, especially at the college level. And well, you that's see why it, my bad. I didn't mean, to cut you off. No, that's why basketball look like like it looks now. Just a lot of threes curling exactly. everywhere. Yep, and, and you see guys that that aren't willing to like freelance on their own and, and can't problem solve some things in real time. And then they show up to the NBA and it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm all for more former players. I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think you can be particularly effective coming in for a week or two here or there at a time. So um, I personally would love to see someone else uh, full-time on the staff uh, that has some wizards experience. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you have any interest in uh, doing that at some point here when the kids are a little older, but I would happily um, like to see, you know, someone someone from your era team on the Wizards, too, that could come in and, you know, the area, you know, the team, you know, the franchise, you know, the history, you know, the fan base, like just more representation from from these previous Wizards teams is something I think a lot of fans would be interested in, too. Like, it'd be cool to look at the bench and say, hey. John, he's one of us, you know. Right, I'm here. Yeah. Where, where are you at, Tommy? Um, <laughs> uh, sticking with that for one second. Uh, if I'm, if I've got this right, you are going to be at a Wizards game here very soon, right? Um, I'll be there on the. Is that Friday? Friday. I'll be there Friday. Okay, so there is a for anyone not familiar with this who was on the fence about going to the Wizards game. It's Friday, April seventh at seven p.m. 
against the Miami Heat. The Wizards will hold a fan appreciation, a 90s-themed pregame party at the Michelob Ultra uh, Lounge at the new District E event. It's from 5.30 to 7, the pregame party will feature exclusive giveaways and numerous specials, uh, custom airbrushed trucker hats for the first 150 fans, photo booth, and then the real treat here. Uh, assuming this list is still current, it'll be you, Jihadi. Uh, Tracy Murray is supposed to be joining you, and my guy Larry Hughes will also be there as well. So, uh, two of my favorites there. I'm bummed I'm going to be out of town, or I would definitely try oh, to come man, do this. I was this. hoping you were going to be there. I was hoping so too, man. I'm, we're Mrs. and I are, are going on a little vacation while she's got some. Free man, break, that's so. much. I'm sure that's much needed. It's definitely that point of the year. So, um, I, I wish I missed the last couple games in person. We'll here. Get a little bit of paradise. You know what? It's we're done. The season's effectively over here. Time to get a little break. Uh, so I'm bummed I'm going to miss you, but everybody listening to this, obviously still plenty of opportunity to go and check that out. Say hi to uh, to my guy here and and uh, mention you like the show. I think that'll go over well in front of the, the rest of the Wizards folks, too. Oh, it definitely will. Uh, all right. Before we close out here, I just got a couple of rapid fire kind of questions uh, I want to throw your way. Um, will Clayton asked, what is the vibe like in a locker room when players know that the season is effectively over, but there's still a handful of games left? Like, just how's how's everybody mentally in, in that kind of situation? Everybody's different. You know, it depends on the type of player. Okay. If you're a vet and you've been around the league for a while, you want it, – it's, it's kind of a bad, miserable time because you've seen it all yeah. to the point that now your goal is to make the playoffs, right? You, you're setting goals for yourself for your team as a leader, your teammates to, uh, to make the playoffs. So when you get to that point where it's not, it's guaranteed n- won't come in fruition. Mm-hmm. You can only put the pressure on yourself and say, I failed my team. I failed myself. I failed the coaching staff. I failed the organization. That guy hates it. Is it hard not to mentally check out at that point? Like, I mean, do you have to kind of like give yourself some extra motivation to to keep pushing? It's a lot of decisions you have to make. I mean, you, you, you're already thinking about next year. You're already thinking about, do I need to switch something up? up? Do I need, is it, is it hit? Is it, you know, is this place still for me? Mm-hmm. What didn't I do? If you kick, you're kicking yourself. You're beating yourself. This this time, if you're that guy, you're beating yourself up. Because in the end of the day, no matter what, it all falls on you. Yeah, right? So that guy's back. That guy, you know, has it hard. But he get paid the biggest bucks to have it that way, right? Sure. You know, the person who get paid the most have the most responsibility. Yeah, that's the way it should be. I'm cool with that. Young guys, they, you know... They're enjoying it. It's just a fun fest right now for them. You know, they get to actually play a lot of ball, you know, get to, knowing that season over, planning their trips, <laughs> you know. Right. So. Hancock's coming up, baby. Mid-tier guys, you know, they're, they're really trying to still figure out, you know, they're in the middle of trying. They don't take the mid-tier guys, don't take the heat but they don't like the results. Sure. That makes sense. Right. So they they can still enjoy the the season ending. Mm -hmm. It might be disappointed in how it is, you know, but, um, not as extreme for them. Maybe the the heat is not on them. So, right. So that's pretty much how it works. That's cool. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, uh, Ben Becker wants to know who you grew up rooting for uh, from from an NBA perspective, and do you think that St. Louis could ever support an NBA expansion team? I grew up. I grew up rooting for the Lakers. Okay. I was big time Lakers. Lakers against the Celtics fan. You know, um, Magic Johnson was my favorite player. I can uh, Cooper, Byron sure. Scott, Worthy. You know, uh, me and my father would watch every Lakers game. You know, I think that's the probably most memorable times I really had. I had a lot of them, but that right there, you know, that's when we were, we love watching the Lakers together. So Lakers were my favorite team, man. So, and it's still, I'm still a big Lakers fan, you know, 
Um, can St. Louis support a NBA team? I would love for them to have one. Can they support one? Honestly, I don't think so. It's not a basketball town, right? Um, anything relating to basketball, even youth sports with basketball, we get it after every other city. Even if we had this city, we now have a state-of-the-art basketball facility for youth, but we had to fight for it. We just we're just now getting it because you know the 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 biggest industries we we actually have. Well, think maybe seven fortune 500 700 companies here so mm -hmm. and but they back every sport True. but youth basketball right so it's a missed opportunity i would think given yeah, how much and, basketball's grown right so you gotta i look at it from every tier so on youth level where it's, it's late being supported right so then i go to high school level not bad that's when it's it's pretty good on high school level. It's a it's for some reason high school is supported heavily, right? Everybody knows the, the latest, the greatest players in high school. Then college level, which you got a only D one, pretty much D one, top D one team here in St. Louis is St. Louis University. You know, outside in the state now you have you know the best one is in Mizzou, right? But so I have to go off of. What's the fan base at the St. Louis University game? Because mm -hmm. that's pretty much now our most professional, the biggest professional basketball team. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like the St. Louis U games aren't supported outside of the student body that much. Mm -hmm. So if that's not the case, then, you know, it's, it's hard. you definitely won't support an NBA team. Right. And now we've got to scale up to 20,000 people every night. Right. That's, that's a tough ask. Uh, with the season coming, DMV Scott wants to know, with the season coming to an end, what are just a couple positives that you've taken away from some of the young guys on the team? Um, I like that when the season started, before before we just, before, when we wanted to fight for that, that, um, that playing tournament position, I saw some uh, some positive from certain guys, right? Sure. Um, that really say, okay, all right, we have we still have something to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, Denny showed some boot. You know, he, he was kind of up and down. You know, it seemed like he had an emotional season. Mm -hmm. But when when it came time to kind of fight for certain things. He he was there for the fight. He he got okay. in the foxhole. I don't think that he backs away from a fight. I'll give the guy right. a lot of credit for that. You, you right, can, he you got in the foxhole. Right, yeah. and and he and he start putting up some points and really say, hey man, it's time to fight. It's time to go to war. It's time to be teammates. Mm -hmm. And I, I I I was surprised by that. Surprised how he kind of bounced back. The and I and I can't say he's a, he slept on, but the best kept secret to me is Kispert. Yeah, he's been great lately. <laughs> Best kept secret is he's, Kispert. He's cooking people now. Right, and and, and we can't keep having him as a role player. Yeah. You know, um, he puts the ball on the floor a lot better, and I watched a ton of his Gonzaga games. He's like he's grown in that department already. This is a better, more athletic guys, and and he's still able to like put it down a little bit. I give him credit. Right. No, and then see a lot. I see some good. We got a good hustler, just that that dog and and, and the guy who's going to, you know, it, it's a difference between the guy who's relentless in the last few games just to kind of because he wants to make it, mm -hmm. and a guy just just naturally that way. Yep. So to me, Jordan Goodwin, you have a naturally a natural dog, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to do all, do your dirty work, you know, mm -hmm. physical. He wants to, he wants to defend. He wants to play hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and these last few games, he's shown he's shown some shown certain things. I mean, for a guy his size to play his position to get seven boards, yeah, in he's the game, a great rebounder. Yeah, come on. I mean, yeah, exactly. So he's shown some light. You know, he's shown some some positive upsides too. Those three guys, um. I feel like we can 
we can really still work with them and, and, and get something that we can build. We can build, they can be part of the system of building around. I have no expectation of any of the three of them ever being like star guys at this point, but Hey, if they're a solid fifth, sixth, seventh man on a good team, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm all good with that. Uh, and I think they've shown at least enough that there's, there's hope they can be those kind of guys. I feel like Kispert can be uh, yeah, you, more of a major like, contributor. I like that. Good. Than he and he is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on a different. If you put him on a team where he had to be the third guy, mm. he could handle that. I need my guy to defend a little bit more. Like, just put up a little more resistance. That, that's all I, I'm looking I for. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. I, and and I think he will. Like he he did well. In he some does have to be a two way player. Yeah, just 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 enough, you know, to not be the right. guy that they're hunting. That's all I'm looking for for him. Uh, that would be great. I I have no notes, as they say. I think I, I'm totally with you on the on those three guys. The only one I want to just throw in, and I hadn't really thought about it, and then we'll we'll close up here is Isaiah Todd. So I don't know how much you've seen of Todd because he's been mostly in the G League. Um, this was a guy that was a at one point, the number one high school recruit in the country, he ended up 10th in his class, skipped Michigan to go to the G League Ignite, played okay, kind of up and down for the Ignite. But again, that was a tough, weird situation. The Wizards essentially um, traded back to still get him at from 22 to 31, I want to say. And he was supposedly their guy at 22. And he looked really good as a rookie in the G League in spurts, like there were flashes. Okay, this is the raw guy, but he's six foot nine. He could dribble. He'll dunk on anybody. He'll windmill from the free throw line. He hits some threes. And now this year, it seems like he's regressed essentially. And they're not even, they weren't even playing him in these G League games down the stretch. Like in the playoffs, he barely played. And now they're like losing these games and openly tanking essentially to close the stretch for the Wizards. And he's not out there. Like, I I don't know what that signals. He's got a four-year deal, so he's got two more years left. Like, it seems like they've given up on him, essentially. And I don't don't understand why that would be. Even if you had kind of written him off, why not play him right now? Like, what are we learning from playing Taj Gibson 25 minutes at this point? Like, play Todd and just see if he can do anything. Yeah, I guess you have to really say, why aren't they playing? There's got to be something else there, right? Like, right, exactly. It's you. You never know, really, in, in, unless you're you're, you're mm-hmm. really in there. Yeah. Why? Why aren't they playing? Sometimes people don't. You see a great talent, and you don't play him because just decided that he may not learn. He can't learn the plays, or sure. or he's maybe too immature to. You know he. He's his personality is his personality is you know is doesn't fit the team well. Um, so many factors. I mean, we see a lot of great players who just kind of tank in the, in the NBA, and it has nothing to do with their game, mm-hmm. right? And not saying that's what his case is, but it leaves you to think, okay, yeah, he stopped playing. He was he was he he was going up, and then all of a sudden in the D League. You know, mm-hmm. he, he started kind of dwindling. Why? Right? And so we all know his talent. Yeah. But so what is getting in the way of his talent? And some people know that answer. Again, this is probably, this is my, this is pure speculation. I have not heard this, but he did get suspended one game last year for, um, an outburst, supposedly. Uh, I, I assume it was playing time or role related. Uh, and and they he's learned from it and moved on and all this stuff. It's probably tough being the number one guy in the, you know, as a junior in the country. Uh, and then, you know, you're, you're coming off the bench in the G League or something. Like, there, there's probably some amount of ego there. But Brian Shaw, yeah, but, like when he was with the G League Ignite, Brian Shaw raved about him as a dude and a work ethic, and he did not rave about all those those young guys on that team. Like he went out of his way to be like, Todd is going to get it. Like he he's he's a worker, and so I, I don't know. It just something doesn't add up here, and I don't know what it is. I mean, it, 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 these days, man, so many things that go on with players yep. behind the game of basketball. 
you know, who knows? And I don't want to give him a jacket that, that doesn't belong to him. Sure. But it's it's a lot of factors these days. You know, you deal with a lot of things, mental health, mm-hmm. you know, so many, you know, like you say, outbursts because because you feel like you you deserve it. Like sometimes entitlement is entitlement can can yeah. mess you up bef- with yeah. this in this league before anybody because no one knows you shit. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's hundred percent. And if you feel that way, you're gonna be you'll be out to leave fast. You everything you get in the first four years of this league, you better earn it all. And you and you're proving every day. It's a it's a prove fest, prove a thon. Yeah. You know, and if you, it's not a platter that just handed to you. I've always said when people say, why aren't the young guys playing more? Well, maybe they're not doing something to earn it. Uh, So that could be the case with Todd. We don't know. But it is weird to me just how little they've gone out of their way to mention him and include him in things and not even let him sniff the court. Like something just smells fishy there. And so I'm saying and he he never comes up in post games. They dodge the question. So it, it makes me worried. But not a guaranteed deal long term. So if you're over him and out on him, I, but they know, like, may not be. Uh, but that, just because he's not playing them, you know, it's yeah. a, maybe a work in progress. You know, yeah, that's the hope. I mean, you know, it, it'd be a bad look to punt on a guy like that this early. I think, but I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, I appreciate the insight there because that's one that's been bothering me, and now I think it's starting to bother other people more too. That we're like in tank mode. Like, okay, these other G League guys are playing. Right. Like we can't find Todd. He's in like witness protection. So <laughs> it's it's not right. great. Uh Johnny, that's all I got for you. Again, folks, um check Johnny out in person on Friday, April seventh, before the Wizards game starting at five thirty. I can post more details if people are interested or hit me up if you want a link to that. Uh anything else you want to throw out to folks before we close up? No, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate everyone. All right. Uh, again, when you see him in person, everybody, tell him uh, you love the show. Give him some real-world feedback here. I think that'll make all the other uh, former players in the room there jealous. And, uh, you know, well, maybe we can uh, solicit those guys to come back on the show. I know Larry will come on anytime we ask him. So Tracy Murray will be the other one. We'll, we'll grab him, too. I'll get Tracy. I'll, talk, I'll make Tracy get on. There you go. Love it. All right, everybody. You know the deal. Believe in Wizards. Rate, review, subscribe. All that good stuff. Uh, we're presented by betonline.ag, and we will catch you next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube